Hey guys, welcome to Naked and Unashamed, the podcast where we take off the mask, take off the filters, and wear our most vulnerable self, sweetie, without the guilt and shame attached to it. I'm Tega, your host, and I would love to welcome you to the space where we can rest in the realness of our stories, grow in our faith, perspective, and in the healing process. So glad you tuned in. Keep listening for today's episode. Okay, we are live. That is so wild. We are currently in the month of February. The last time y'all heard from me was July. (laughs) like i'm so sorry y'all i promise you the lord gave me this to steward and what did i do throw it in the trash (laughs) so we're back with some episodes of naked and unashamed and this month is a very special month in itself not only because it's black history month but we have four episodes coming this month with different things when it comes to the realm of relationships and today i'm sitting here with my friend camila buchanan camila how are you i'm doing great how are you doing I'm great. I'm great. Camilo, how did we meet? That is a good question. Yeah, I, I don't know I just feel either. like I knew you existed uh, yeah. before I met you, and uh, I guess one day we did meet, and we've been, been around since. Do you know how we met? I really don't know. I remember meeting you at Passion. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. I'm there a lot. Something with the real movement or Passion. It's something. It's ministry related. One we of those met things. through the ministry. So. Yes. Yes, so we are here with episode one of the Maze to Marriage. This is part one, and so the second part is going to feature Camilo's wife, Emily. So it's going to be a great time. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear you guys' <laughs> story, and I'm excited for y'all to hear it as well and just learn and listen from them. But Camilo, I start off every podcast episode the same by mm-hmm. asking the exact same question, which is what are you stewarding right now? And usually people ask, like, you know, what do you do or, like, all that stuff Mm -hmm. and I just more so want to know what has the Lord put in your hands that you're responsible for right now yeah I think uh one my marriage and my family in this home Hmm. and uh learning all that we're only it's funny doing a podcast on all this I like where we're going with it because it's not focusing on the marriage part because we just got here like yesterday (laughs) so bingo (laughs) figuring out all that um I think uh where I work at, at Passion, leading our young adults there and mm-hmm. leading the team there, um, continuing to find ways to connect with the young adults of this city and them personally. Um, my, the gifts and abilities God's given me to communicate and uh, organize systems and structures and things like that. I'm working on something. Um, I can't say too much about genuinely. Okay. People always say that, but no, I no, genuinely y'all can't are right now. Y'all a sneak peek right now. <laughs> he gonna blow up, and you're gonna be like, "I heard this in the beginning." Um, but working on something right now, connecting a lot of uh, young uh, Black Christian Atlanta that mm. I'm pretty excited about. I'm, I have to talk to you about it. Oh, but come we'll on. do that offline. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so those are, I think, the main things that are on my head. Uh, what I'm focused on right now. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm so excited that you're here and just excited to get to know your story. Yeah. Now, obviously, as we are sitting here and I told you kind of what this idea of the maze to marriage is, Mm -hmm. there's always a start to a maze and Mm -hmm. that is you, Mm. Camilo Buchanan, on your own. So if you were to describe yourself from 10, 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. how would you describe that Camilo Buchanan? 
Well, I was a young lad <laughs> 10 years ago. 10 years. I'm 26, so 10 years ago, I was 16. Mm-hmm. Going back 15 years, eh, I was genuinely a child. Yeah. So 10 years ago, 16, um, grew up in a Christian household, went to a Christian school, did not care anything about that, was doing me. Yeah. Um, I think at 16, I was... I was lost, but probably didn't even know I was lost. Hmm. It was like a, I, I think I'm good. I think I understand where I'm going. I think I know what I want to do in college. I think, um, I have good friends. I think I'm physically, mentally, emotionally okay. But I think there's a lot of hurt there, a lot of loss there, that I hadn't processed yet. If yeah. you jump back, instead of doing. 10, 15 years, I'll go up a little further. If you go like five years ago, Hmm. I'm 21. Uh, Me and Emily have just, uh, well, maybe we'll wait on that then because me and Emily have just started dating. But I think Hmm. 10 years ago, it was a very, me talking about, it starts with me. I was centered around me. Hmm. And um, it, it was strange or funny because I clearly knew about the Lord. Yeah. I just cared nothing about him. Yes. So single me as a teenager in high school was uh, focused on me. Mm -hmm. When it came to relationships, I think I was addicted to feeling good, addicted to pornography, addicted to, or addicted to, was pursuing hooking up with people Mm. and then a general sense of like um i want to be in relationships not to serve anything not to build anything really just to feel yeah good i want to dig into that a little bit more if you don't mind i want to dig into camilo as a child Mm -hmm. elementary school Mm -hmm. early middle school what did what do you think was your biggest desire? Elementary school, I would say, uh, probably to be to be loved, which I probably in elementary school thought came from accomplishment, hmm. which you know you're seven. But I think I internalized. My parents are awesome and very successful people. But I think whether they meant to or not, I internalized it as you achieve for love. Hmm. And that's probably what I wanted. I think middle school me, my dad passed away when I was in the sixth grade. Hmm. And so I think middle school me wanted... A sense of normalcy. Yeah. I had just lost my dad in sixth grade. In between sixth and seventh grade, we moved to Georgia from the Bay Area, California, Mm -hmm. me and my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, My brother's now living in Jamaica. My sister's now living in New Jersey. And I think what I wanted more than anything uh, was some sense of normalcy, some sense of 
I can blend into a background. I can fit in. I uh, I don't want to stand out. I don't want to be the kid who, oh, his dad just died. Or, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's the new kid in town. I wanted to uh, fade fade to black, if yeah. you will. Yeah. In the kind of working to blend into the background and kind of be hidden in that sense, what did you do in your own strength to kind of hide yourself away or did you feel like you could um I I probably didn't feel like I could and so I went with the opposite which was to be popular Hmm. I think I tried to do that but I was going to it was easier in one sense so I came to we moved to Georgia I'm going to an all-black mega church like 25,000 people all black and then going to an all was it charismatic Yes, it's the only way. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only way. way. <laughs> and then going to an all-white private Christian school, Ooh. and so in one area of my life, which the whole reason we moved to Georgia was to go to this church, hmm. one area of my life very easily blended into the background uh, because I was in a monoculture at that church, and the church was massive, so no one's paying attention to twelve-year-old me. In the other sense, it was a small private Christian school, like a hundred kids in our class, and I'm one of maybe three black people in our class maybe at the three. time maybe three Ooh. and so there was no fading away yes. <laughs> <laughs> in fact the black is what stood out right and so i think there i just kind of said um instead of be looked at as different or weird i'll blend in by standing out Hmm. and I'll blend into just, Oh yeah, he's just another kid in class by being, making people laugh, Mm -hmm. being, uh, the fun guy, being goofy, hanging out with the cool kids. It's middle school, but hanging out with the cool kids, they turned out to still be the cool kids in high school. So it worked. Um, but that's how I'll blend in. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Now, you said you lost your dad in sixth grade, mm-hmm. and society kind of has this idea of what masculinity is and what it takes to make a man and all of this stuff. What impact did losing your dad have on your manhood, and did you search for that in certain places? Yeah, I think um, my dad grew up apart from me, but we had a good relationship. Mm-hmm. He and my mom, I never saw a fight. They weren't together, but I never saw him fight or anything mm-hmm. like that, and it was normal to me to have him out of the house. So I think what was lost was what could be Hmm. as opposed to this cache of memories. I have memories with my dad. I have great times with him, missed him. I think what I was more so mourning, didn't know it at the time, but I was more so mourning what could have been. Like, there is not going to be you teaching me how to tie a tie because we didn't get to that yet. There Mm -hmm. isn't going to be you teaching me how to change a tire because we didn't get to that yet. We, I was 11. We weren't really talking about girls yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's things that are just not going to take place now. And so I think um, there is that combined with uh, the affirmation that only a father can give a son. Yeah. And I think... I'm not here to say all the different ways that parents interact with their children. I just know uh, little boys need to know that daddy's proud of them. Yes, that he loves them, but also that like 
he's proud of you. Yeah. And so I think where I looked for both of those things, one, the affirmation, but to the the sense of like, I'm, I'm going to miss these opportunities. One was very healthy with the opportunities. I really got other men in my life, my friends, dads, or mm-hmm. pastors or leaders and said, Hey, I'm gonna watch you. I'm a, I'm a be close to you. I'm gonna see what you're doing. I'm gonna let you teach me. Uh, my high school Spanish teacher taught me how to change a tire in the parking lot. Wow. Uh, some things were different. I had to get an app to learn how to tie a tie. But <laughs> <laughs> there were different things that I was like, I'm going to go after um, earning this in um, letting you all speak into me yeah. and teach me. And I think that was that was great. The other one, affirmation, I decided that uh, – it was too scary to risk not getting the affirmation hmm. of a man. So what I probably did was it's easier to get affirmation from a woman. Hmm. And so that's why I think I was probably stirred or driven there uh, because that was easier to to taste. It came quicker. It came in a way my mom's raising me. So in a way that I'm familiar mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. um, and especially for my culture, I'm Jamaican. It's what men do. Like I'm supposed to be good at this. Mm -hmm. Not to paint all Jamaican culture like this, but for my background, not even my father, but just the culture that I kind of grew up in, it was womanizing was just the lay of the land. So I could get the, It was a long way to it, a long route to it, but I could get the approval part of fatherhood, of manhood, by getting the approval of women. Yeah. Men would then affirm that. Which I think you bring up such an important point. I think we can see all over social media in some way, shape, or form that people are like, men are so toxic, or blah, 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 (laughs) or this, that, and the third. I can't believe he did that. Mm -hmm. They need to be canceled, this, that, and the third, but we... (laughs) never sit and understand the why Mm -hmm. and how we got there Mm -hmm. and how culturally, whether it be Jamaican culture, I'm Nigerian. And Mm -hmm. so that's the same thing in Nigerian culture (laughs) or whatever, just culture period. You see this pattern of men who just are seeking affirmation and seeking love and just Mm -hmm. seeking to be seen. Yeah. And so they go about it in ways that make sense and are attainable. Yeah. And, you know, there are certain levels in which we can't fault them for it because it makes sense. It makes Mm -hmm. perfect sense. And Mm so, that's I think that's huge for someone to hear and just huge for you to say in itself. Yeah. And I think that comes with a lot of self-reflection to even pull out what what are my motives here. Mm-hmm. And obviously I wasn't doing that when I was 12 or 16 or 21. I think it's a very mm-hmm. recent thing. Yeah. Praise God for counselors. <laughs> in Jesus name. <laughs> and then be like, "Hey, you get why you did that what you were actually searching for that it I like how you said can't fault them all the way not that there isn't responsibility there Mm -hmm. um but there is it's not justification but there is an explanation yes i think for a lot of a lot of that yeah so with the environment that you grew up in and just understanding these things about yourself how do you think that influenced the way that you loved people around you if you did and do you think you did that well um I think I probably treated people 
at I loved them at arm's length hmm. because I think I internalized people go. Yeah. So I don't need to love you up close or too vulnerably because that is where pain gets involved. Hmm. If we can keep everything kind of light, kind of fun, uh, kind of, yeah, I'm there for you, whatever, but all we really do is party, like, uh, a lot easier to, hey, in a couple years we're going to be in college and then people are going to split off. And if it's a college relationship, it's really easy that if you're at arm's length, I can move and do this and do that. And I think I was very good at keeping people thinking we were close hmm. when really I had just created a feel-good environment, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. This is a side question. What's your Enneagram number? What do you think it is? I feel like it's a three. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just, because every time you said something, I was like, Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's me. You're a three two. Oh yes. yeah, I love it. I'm a three wing four, and I was like, oh well, I'm so good at creating this image for people to think they know stuff, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Really. Okay, you don't that need to know sense. nothing. No. Stay where you are. Right. <laughs> right. So ultimately, with creating this image and making people feel this way, did you feel seen at the end of the day? Uh, no. Hmm. But I think I probably felt I was distracted enough. To not notice. Hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I think I probably felt uh, none of y'all fools know me. <laughs> but we're all having a good time. Nothing's really painful right now. Hmm. So let's keep it moving. Yeah. 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 So tell me this. With this pattern, and you said kind of walking into this like womanizing state, what was your dating history like? Mm, I... So I, I, whenever I'm watching movies and there's like little nine year old boys, they're like, "Oh no, girls have cooties." I'm like, "I don't, I don't know these kids." Like, sir, who is? Mike was born. I was like, "Hmm." Right. So, I think, um, the the issue is the Lord fooled around and saved me quick. In (laughs) Jesus' name. Deliverance. Deliverance. And so I think uh, high school, I probably had two or three serious girlfriends, but serious in air quotes there Mm -hmm. because it was whatever. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't uh, focused or like, I I didn't really care. It was more so like, ah, yes, that's nice. But I'm also going to talk to whatever girl. I feel like at the time. Um, And that's really how that went. So it was. It was maybe a few. I really think over the course of those four years, I dated three girls Mm -hmm. that I was like, you are my girlfriend. But the foolishness I was doing with (laughs) girls throughout that time was uh, a lot. (laughs) So. That is really high school years. I'll stop there and then say I got saved the summer after high school. Hmm. 
So in doing, giving my life to the Lord, this phone is blowing up. I don't know why. In giving my life to the Lord, I think um, I was like, okay, obviously some things have to change Mm -hmm. (laughs) and wanted them to change at this point. Um, I think that was my whole point in giving my life to the Lord is I was tired of the life that I had. Yeah. And, uh, in doing so, I, I quickly met a girl like the same summer I got saved. It was a long distance relationship. We dated. It was fine. It was my first real, like I'm a Christian, you're a Christian. We're Mm -hmm. doing this thing. And all that old stuff was genuinely gone in that season. And then after we, uh, broke up, which wasn't even bad necessarily. It was just this is long distance. Mm-hmm. Is this worth it? Yeah, probably not right now. I'm eighteen. You're like sixteen. This doesn't. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is the point? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so then I did not. I think I talked to people. I think I was interested, but I genuinely was like, um, I am. It wasn't anything spiritual like I'm the next person I date is going to be my wife. It was more so what I was interested in had changed. Hmm. And so in high school, not saved, what I was interested in is someone who was fun and someone who was hot. And that would really wrap it up. And I think on the other side, also, this may be a three thing also just maybe my people thing yeah i think i saw friends at the time in relationships where they had in my view settled hmm. and <laughs> yeah, i don't know i just got heart i'm like checking my pulse i got a heart pain settle <laughs> so i think i was like uh i'm I'm cool on waiting. Yeah. I think I was doing, not that it was even that intentional of a move. I think I was just doing enough things uh, in life that it was like, I would like this, but I'm also cool if not. Mm -hmm. And so cool that it turned out that the next person I dated was Emily. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. But yeah. Man, that's huge. I want to back up a little bit because you said some really good stuff just then of like your standards changed Mm -hmm. and the level of what the bar was no longer became the bar but more so like just a stepping like stepping point Mm -hmm. of the expectations you had but you also said you got saved the summer after high school I want to know was there like a specific moment that happened Mm. or breaking point that occurred in which you decided like I'm ready for a change yeah I think um I remember probably when I was 16 mm-hmm. and was dating this girl and we got into some argument and I really didn't care, but I hung up the phone and just bawled hmm. and there was other things going on in life with family and moving and different things. But I think what it was, was like this life isn't really that fun. <laughs> That's what it was. And yeah, 
I couldn't put all that together at the time. I was like, why am I doing this? I don't do this, but mm-hmm. here I am. Um, and and continued living life. Then when I was a senior in high school, they, uh, my private Christian school said, hey, any seniors who want to go to this passion conference will take you. And so huh. I'm like, cool, because I know passion has dope production. I know we're going to be in a city, uh, which I'm, I made for the city, not to be out here in Gwinnett. Right. Oh, talk about it. <laughs> I was like, I can't be in these birds. <laughs> Shout out to those of us who left Gwinnett, though. <laughs> she co stand up. Right. Um, and yeah, we're going to be staying in a hotel, and there's hot girls here, so let's run this conference thing. That was the motivation. That okay. was the motivation. Good. So the come Lord to conference. All. <laughs> <laughs> Turns around all things. Um, and come to conference immediately getting messed up by the Lord uh, from mm. just seeing young people worship like they knew somebody versus mm. how it was in my school where we just worshiped because that's what you did. We didn't even worship. We sang songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, there's a difference. There's Someone a difference. needed to hear that. <laughs> um, seeing that Pastor Louis's uh, message right out of the gate was just a shotgun to my chest. Mm. Uh had another like emotional moment there but left saying that's not for me like I'm really good with my life mm-hmm. and just kind of turned up everything else I was doing I was like I'm I know I'm gonna go to Georgia State I know I'm gonna party I know I'm gonna uh do all the things I'm doing so let's mm-hmm. just keep that rolling and did not really realize what happened when the Holy Spirit like grabbed you up <laughs> And so would yeah. would be doing my things and enjoying them, but just enjoying them less and less and less. Hmm. And started going to church with my friend, um, started uh, asking my Bible teacher at school some questions. Hey, this says this. How could that be? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Start trying to pray. I, I was scheduled to go on a mission trip, which I had gone before really as a way to see the world and other people pay for it. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, I was supposed to go on this mission trip in a few days and it had always worked out for me at this point it was not working out and I had no funds to go and we're a few days before the trip and I've like started praying like maybe God wants me to go I don't know Uh, Hmm. and I'm walking uh, down the street I'm living with a friend at the time and Walking down the street and just hear the Lord say, hey, are you tired of running yet? And mm. I was just like, I I think I am. <laughs> he was like, great. Right. You can stop. So it wasn't some big emotional thing. I didn't cry then. It was just like, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And uh, end up going on the trip and God does amazing things on the trip and does all sorts of things when I come back out. But that's really what I would say it was, was being exposed one to the gospel in mm. a way that uh, was not my mother's faith, but was palatable to me at the time. Mm. And then um, needing God and being in a place where like, if you don't come through, this isn't going to work. And then not really looking at my life and saying, I'm willing to see what else there could be. Mm. And that was kind of that, that summer moment yeah Yeah. that's good 
I want to kind of segue into Camilo now at 21. This mm-hmm. is the year that you said you started dating Emily. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about the moment in which who you were then mm-hmm. before you guys started dating. And then I would love for you to unpack you guys' dating story. <sighs> what a story. Yeah. No, so yeah. <laughs> um, 20, I don't know the year, but at, <laughs> when I'm 19, <laughs> I started this thing called the real movement. Yeah. And uh, that's going great, fine. It's doing whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> trying to build momentum around it, and it's slowly coming together. And uh, doing that with a couple guys uh, who I'm friends with. And I meet this girl uh, when I'm 20. And my friend Andy introduces us. And don't think anything about it like mm-hmm. when i say i was chilling i was chilling right. <laughs> i was like it i'm trying be. to i'm it trying to make like this that. movement work i'm in school like i yeah. Hi, hello yeah uh and that was it and so um it wasn't any and i think same for her like it wasn't mm-hmm. like oh my gosh she's cute. like i think we literally just thought human mm-hmm. great um but quickly became friends and just really she was just really intriguing to me at the time. And so um, I'm at this point been saved three years, mm-hmm. two and a half, three years. Where I was, was I defeated this long battle with pornography. Mm-hmm. I was being less stupid with the girls. <laughs> Not being completely not stupid, but less stupid. Yeah. Um, And I was really in love with Jesus and desperate for my friends to see him. Yeah. Is how I think I would describe that 20-year-old me. Mm-hmm. Um, And naive enough to have the audacity to think that I could make a big difference in not just my friends coming to know Jesus, but the world coming to know Jesus. Yeah. Not thinking about ministry in the traditional sense. Uh, the real movement isn't a ministry in the traditional sense, but just had this idea, like, I'm not called to preach, I'm not called to do any of that, but hmm. I, I, I feel that, like, I can gather some people around uh, just hearing uh, other people's stories. It, it could really be something. And just had this, I was too naive to know that's crazy talk hmm. <laughs> to like make all that work. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at when I meet and don't think anything of it. We become really good friends. Uh, and she quickly just becomes like one of my best friends hmm. and not in a, I secretly have a crush on her. I was just like, you are an interesting person mm-hmm. to talk to. And I think you're funny and I think you're smart and the, let's go through, like our time through scripture together wasn't like, oh, let's have a Bible study. It was just like flipping through, hey, read that verse, what you think? Yeah. And it just being very natural and flowing. And I think a few months into that, I found myself being like, ah, I have a crush on her. Hmm. Issue was I just <laughs> asked her to come work for the ministry that yeah. I was leading and had a little personal rule that I wouldn't date anyone in the ministry. And so, um, that's a good boundary to put on yourself at that age. Yeah. I think 
I, I just had friends who were messy, and I was like, I'm not trying to be messy. <laughs> I ain't going like to be like that. them. Yeah. <laughs> I am messy, and we'll see that later in the story. But at the time, <laughs> I was not messy. And uh, so I, I go to her one day. I say, hey, you don't have to do anything with this. Mm-hmm. I just want to be transparent. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm feeling. I can lose these feelings. <laughs> That's what we need to do. But just throwing this out here. And she was like, I think she literally said, okay. Like, I don't think she had any big response. <laughs> like, oh, me I, too. Yeah, she was yeah. just like, mm, interesting. And I think finally was like, I think I may be there too. But you have this rule. Mm-hmm. I'm new to this ministry. I'm trying to gain the respect of my peers. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, we don't need to do all this now. And I said, okay. Uh, also, I was going to lead a mission trip that she was coming on in a few months over spring break. Hmm. And so I said, what if we don't talk about this, don't act on it, don't do nothing until after that trip. So it's not anything uh, weird while we're there. And then after We'll see where we're at. We'll just take this time to pray. So hmm. that was three months down the road. So it took three months and hung out as a group and uh, chilled and prayed and talked to my guys at the real movement and said, hey, here's where I'm at. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know my role, but what would your counsel be? And it all kind of comes together. So we come back from the trip and I say, hey, I'm still here. i I feel the Lord saying like, well, really what I felt the Lord say is you have options. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think sometimes we make the Lord's will very, he said this. Yes. Very specific. And sometimes I guess it does come like that. In this scenario, he was like, what do you want to do, bro? Mm -hmm. And I felt like what I heard in my time with him was you can, you cannot date her Mm -hmm. and, Everything will be fine. Like, she is not going to complete you. No person is going to complete you. So, this is not detrimental in any sense of the word. Mm-hmm. You could date her later. This doesn't have to be a right now thing. Yeah. Or you can try and pursue her now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not anti that. But what I did hear him say was if you do that, she is going to pull things out of you. Hmm. And unroot some of them weeds. So just be prepared for that. Ooh. And I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I ain't got that much weeds. Right. So <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's what we be I saying. came back and was like, hey, let's do this. And so we enter into uh, a dating relationship at that point. I'll stop there and ask where you want me to, where you want to go next. Yes. How much of that do you want me to take you through? All the way to here now or? I think we might as well. We okay. might as well go in. I, I because I don't even fully know the story. I remember reading a post you made about the relationship on Instagram, but I don't mm. know like the ins and outs. And like from what I know about your story, I know that the Lord's like redemptive power is like dripping all over the story. <laughs> yeah. And so I would just love for you to tap into just as much as you want to go into, as vulnerable as you want to be, because I know yeah. that someone needs to hear this. Uh we start dating. My life immediately goes to poop. <laughs> it's hmm. um, a guy I really look up to and who I was living with at the time. His marriage falls apart. Uh, there's a lot of that. That's very layered. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but can still even be sensitive years later. So mm-hmm. I won't share much there, but yeah. that kind of disrupted things in major ways. Ended up being uh, pretty much homeless by the end of that summer. Hmm. Um, trying to do school, but couch hopping with different friends. Um, that fall, I'm at a conference and I feel... For the first real time, I think, like I said, the real movement had kind of started by accident. Mm -hmm. At this point, I know ministry is what I want to do, but then feel this call uh, to preach. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And I literally said, I will not help you with that, Lord. Like, if you want to do that, you're going to do that on your own. But I'm not practicing. I'm not. I'm good. Um, And so doing the real movement, trying to handle this relationship my whole world and these people I look up to, everything's kind of falling apart. Uh, Georgia State kindly sends me a letter at the end of that semester that says, hey, don't come back here. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all rude. GSU. GSU. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, okay. So everything's kind of falling apart. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, don't know if it's a three thing, don't know what it is, but I was like, okay, uh, I, I cannot be vulnerable with this girl who I'm trying to date because right. again I think all relationships at that point were just kind of arm's length Yeah, and I don't think that was repaired in an instant of salvation you know what I mean hmm. I think yes my I could see that I my taste my appetite was different uh, but my eating behaviors were the same yes. and so how I operated was still like Er, er, er. and so we were just clashing we break up hmm. uh, a few months into that um at that point how many months had you guys dated eight maybe eight months okay i quickly see within weeks boys flocking to this girl and hmm. i say well that's not what we gonna do <laughs> so <laughs> i step back in i'm like hey i was tripping here's what I want to do. You're worth me learning how to love and be loved. Hmm. So let me figure that out. And, uh, we kind of walked through that for a couple months. We get back together and things are fine. We always had relational tension. There were still things that in my immaturity, I think like I didn't put up good boundaries hmm. with, uh, girls or with work or different things Mm -hmm. and not that anything was inherently sinful there it was just unwise there Mm -hmm. um and so we're making it work fight sometimes sometimes we don't fight but a very like it it wasn't a peaceful relationship Hmm. it was a we love each other ride or die relationship (laughs) which is cute in movies yeah but it wasn't really it yeah um we date go into the next year and um it switches and emily's life kind of falls apart Hmm. and there's family issues going on there's friendship issues going on she's trying to graduate a semester early, finish up her thesis. She's, uh, she's broke at the time. <laughs> and so we all do be there. <laughs> yeah. Her experience was 
almost the opposite of mine, where mine was to like close up, hers was to almost lash out. Hmm. And I think I was like, I don't need this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> this isn't even no. Yeah. And so we get into a a, a really bad spot uh, at this point from. That time of dating was probably 20 months or something like that, mm-hmm. almost two years. Um, and I'm like, hey, I I don't know if I want to be here. Hmm. Uh, and that really took her off guard because we had been discussing like marriage. Yeah. And all of our friends were getting married. And Emily, I think, really had a sense that we were supposed to get married. I kind of was still learning the love be love thing Mm -hmm. and so i kind of was more at a place of i know i'm supposed to be married if that makes sense yes um i was like hey i don't i don't know if i want to do this and uh we go through this weird process of trying to figure that out and i end up essentially for essentially cheating on her Hmm. emotionally Nothing physically happened with this person at the time, but it was a uh, large boundary line cross mm-hmm. uh, for a sustained period of time, and and we can go back to that later if you have yeah. follow-ups. But come to her, to Emily, tell her this. We break up. Uh, we try to make it work for a little bit, but I think... I was more so trying to put my life back together hmm. rather than love her yeah. <laughs> or be loved. I uh, left the room movement in that time. I, well, was asked to leave the room movement in mm-hmm. that time. And just, I didn't know if I wanted to do ministry again. It was a bad little period of time. Emily then uh, decided she's moving to Africa. <laughs> and so she's like, "Yeah, I'm done here. Uh, we're good. Uh, I guess I was wrong. And she uh, moves to Uganda and does amazing work over there. And I think in that period, I deflected uh, back to my old ways of, Mm. well, that didn't work out, but... I can still get the affirmation thing, hmm. that affirmation piece, and I know kind of a a way to do that. And so that's why I think those next few months uh, really look like for me until um, my college pastor at the time, well, young adult pastor at the time, just kind of took me aside and brought me in and said, hey, we're, we're going to develop biblical masculinity in you Hmm. uh, where you learn to take responsibility and where you learn to be expectant for God's reward and where you learn to sacrifice and lay yourself down and where you learn discipline and boundaries and I don't know how to describe that period but it was just like everything that was probably missing for years of not having a father Mm -hmm was just downloaded in like two to four months. Wow. Just like a special season of grace for this. Hmm. And I think I came out of it 
thinking this is awesome. I feel like I could still chill, but I also feel like I still love Emily. However, a lot has happened <laughs> over the course of time. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not going to be a thing anymore. And so another one of my mentors, Terry Butler, is like, pulls me aside one day and she's like, stop being an idiot. Go get <laughs> girl. Yeah. And I send Emily an email. It's like, hey, I still want to do this. I choose you. It was very simple. And she replied, uh, thank you. Uh, but choosing you has never gone well for me. And I said, well, <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm acting like I am not in your house right now where I know that you guys are married. But I'm like, oh, my gosh. I cannot <laughs> so I said, uh. That didn't go how I expected. Yeah. However, at the time, I really was just very secure in everything and mm. was like, I, I, you must have misheard. I wasn't asking you to choose me. I was letting you know that I choose you and I'm good to like let you sit in figuring that out. Mm. And so come back again, hostile again. And then eventually we kind of work on uh, what this is going to look like. She moved now, back to you, Atlanta. Okay. That's what I was about to ask. Was she still in Africa when you sent this email? Yes. Okay. So this is in like April. She moves back in June. Mm-hmm. And I knew she was most likely coming back. <laughs> so around late May, early June, we start actually uh, communicating again, mm-hmm. seeing if there's a relationship. She moves back. There's a lot of pain to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um but we figure it out. And I think when I came back, I wasn't interested. And I think I sent in like an initial email to her as well. After she said, choosing you has never gone well for me. She said something like, it looks like you have plans for us. Drop them. Uh, you don't, you don't need to do that. And uh-huh. I replied, I do have plans. You're right. And those are to marry you. And I really wasn't saying that to be like cute. I was just like, this is what this is going to be because our st- I, I don't need to get to know you anymore. I've known you for five years at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, what I need to do is love you well and be loved by you well. And a dating relationship um, is, isn't is bad in any sense of the f- word, but there is no like biblical spiritual protection Mm -hmm. because I call you my girlfriend or my boyfriend. Yeah. And so I was like, what I'm trying to do is marry you. Not that I'm trying to get married. If it was someone else, I'd probably be chilling. Let's, let's get to know you. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I need to be married. It was for us and our story, uh, and what's needed here, here for healing. Um, I think that's going to be seen the most in marriage. And Mm -hmm. obviously I'm willing to take my time with that. Yeah. Uh, and so we date for a while, probably like six months, get engaged uh, for five months, get married, been married now for like eight or nine months. Woo. It's a journey. It's a journey. <laughs> it is a it's journey. It's a maze, as yeah, you say. It's a maze. I want to tap into different parts of that. Yeah. I first want to know, what did your singleness expose? mm and what like was exposed while you were dating Emily? Like what parts felt like uh, like I didn't even know this about myself mm-hmm. until Emily came into the picture? I think I really didn't know that. Again, going back to that early part, mm-hmm. I didn't know that I didn't know 
how to be loved, hmm. let alone love. I was uncomfortable with it altogether. Yeah. And I think, again, going back to that, I really registered things as accomplishments. Hmm. And so accomplishments are normally done on a stage. Hmm. And uh, the natural distance that accomplishment gives, Emily knew how to love uh, and had a lot of love to give and wanted to be loved. And I, I think that first time dating, it was very apparent, like, I, d- I don't know what I'm, I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. I think in that second time dating, it exposed um, really my selfishness in the sense of I, I'm not sinning, so be happy. <laughs> and i think that wasn't seen until i was pretty much on sin's doorstep Mm -hmm. and it was like yeah no one's gonna be happy with this and before there wasn't a reason for anyone to be happy either Mm -hmm. i think that long period of singleness exposed like i said that I still had that affirmation thing yeah. in my spirit. Yeah. Um, Which wanting affirmation in itself. Right. Not, not bad. Yeah. Not a sin. Actually what you're created <laughs> yeah. for, yeah. like to be uh, affirmed and called. I think it was again, the, the, the means mm-hmm. that I went about uh, getting it mm-hmm. and who I was trying to get it from. Yeah. People who, didn't have that place hmm. to even affirm me in the ways that I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and then when we got back together, I think um, my lack of patience is what hmm. was exposed. I was like, yes, I'm sorry. I did wrong. Yes, all this happened while you were gone. Oh, wow. I'm a songwriter. Um. <laughs> yeah, come on now. <laughs> He's a singer. <laughs> but I think I was like, when are we going to be okay? Huh. And it was like, Negro. Well, she can't say that. But Negro, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, this is someone's heart here. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I would say. Hmm. Now, understanding that and understanding now that you guys have been married for a few months now, what things has marriage exposed? Um, biggest thing I think we've both learned is just what obedience and sacrifice looks like. Hmm. And what it's exposed is I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's exposed a... Uh, not even how selfish or even the patience thing, how much I do not want to sacrifice hmm. or have to sacrifice or feel that I need to. And it's like, well, you should not have gotten married because you're literally called just to sacrifice. Yeah. That's all you as a man are called to do is yeah. lay down your life. And I think, yeah, that's what marriage is exposed in one sense the most is like, hey, you have to die to you and maybe where you thought you were dying to you 
before it was easier to fool yourself because you were single and there wasn't a mirror right here. Hmm. And I think a marriage has said, you might have thought you were, but right here, yeah. showing you you're not. Yeah. I think the other part that it's exposed is uh, this is this is holy and good hmm. and not what I was created for in the sense of my purpose, I think, created with this in mind hmm. that she really is a helpmate suitable, that yeah. this really is beautiful, that this really was worth it, mm -hmm. that this um, is built on love and glorifying the father that um, there is spiritual warfare in the story mm -hmm. uh, because of the nature of the call on the mm. marriage yeah and uh, i think all that too hmm. wow that was so beautifully put that was wonderful i want to know now with what you prayed for when it came to a woman and the standards that you used to have versus now being married and what you've received mm -hmm. what's the difference um total because i I can't say, I can say I prayed for Emily. I can't even really say that I consistently prayed for my wife mm -hmm. or for a wife. Mm -hmm. I think, um, like I said before, I was kind of doing my thing before I met Emily. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm building ministry. So if there, if you want to come along, great. But we building over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think I was even focused on it there. And then when... That one time we broke up there was like two months. It's not even enough time to really process anything different. Mm -hmm. um, over that next breakup point, that long year and a half, not together, um, she's in another continent. I think it was still hard for me to expect God's reward. Hmm. And that's the way that it was taught to me and yeah. part of that like masculine thing like hey you don't think god is a good father mm -hmm. at the end of the day uh but you need to for you to be the man you want to be it sounds soft like oh have hope have joy no it's uh one of the most manly things you can do is to posture your heart there hmm. because it takes discipline and focus and a a laying down of what is for what you're believing for in faith. Hmm. And so I think at that point, the most I could say I prayed for or believed for is that God was going to be good to me in marriage. It's been so much more because, uh, the helpmate suitable thing, like, uh, it's just worked out in a way that I'm like we really do uh, call the other one to be better in a way that the other one can receive hmm. and I think oftentimes in marriage what can happen really in the church a lot of the time unfortunately is that settling thing yeah. where we're not trying to make each other better we're just kind of happy that someone's 
near mm-hmm. or uh someone is trying to make someone better and it's not received well because mm-hmm. it's like the way you're doing this yeah. is is not how how i receive and i think marriage has been tough the first couple months especially um but really as we learn the sacrifice thing and that we're built for this again not in the sense of ultimate purpose or anything like Mm -hmm. that but that we are called to each other that the question you asked me at the beginning like what are you stewarding right now that we're stewarding this Mm -hmm. that there's a grace that comes with it Hmm. and uh that's what i think that it's so much ephesians 320 more than anything i prayed for because all i could have prayed for was okay god i guess you'll be good to me and give me a wife yeah versus i'm gonna give you a wife that you find beautiful that you respect that you uh like learning from that you can laugh with that you can travel with that you can sit on the couch with Mm -hmm. that the whole gamut of it has been like a oh this is how good you are Hmm. and i'm learning that i won't say day to day because that's dramatic but maybe month to month as mm-hmm. I look back I'm like oh dang she's better than I thought she's better than I thought yeah. I'm becoming better than I thought I could become hmm. for her and all that so yeah that's incredible so this is my last question I know yeah, some yeah, of y'all yeah. are crying because you're like oh my gosh no worries so this last question is what does it look like for you personally to have learned to love well as well as what would you tell a young woman or what would you tell a young man listening to this right now and hearing your story um, about just how to walk in looking for a husband, how to walk in looking for a wife and being obedient to growing mm-hmm. in itself? Um, I think uh, how I've learned to love well is I've learned to sacrifice and that's probably where i'm living well is when it's a little bit difficult mm-hmm. <laughs> not that i'm ugh or anything like that but just that i'm yeah i'm gonna lay this down for this for this cause mm-hmm. and it always turns out to be worth it yeah in like the day-to-day is how i think i've learned to love well in the most practical sense i know that sounds heady i really mean it in the sense of like I want to read a book right now, mm-hmm. uh, but instead I'm going to cuddle with my wife, mm-hmm. like little pieces there mm-hmm. um, that I think I've learned to love well. And I think I would have, the distance thing before, I would have painted something as sacrifice, but as a three, it wouldn't really be, it would have been exactly what I actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's okay i'm i'm really doing something i don't want to do but because of who i'm doing it for uh it's working out really a model of jesus and the father Mm -hmm. where he's like hey i don't really want to go to a cross Mm -hmm. (laughs) sounds harsh Mm -hmm. (laughs) um is there any other way and jesus being or god being like no yeah and then pulling that up to Hebrews and Jesus saying, or the writer recalling rather, 
Jesus saying, for the joy set before him, mm-hmm. he endured the cross, despising the shame. And putting all that together, mm-hmm. that I'm called in marriage, biblically, to die yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all called as believers to pick up our cross daily. So yeah. if I'm picking up a cross and I'm called to die, this is going to work out great. Like, yeah. we got yeah. the, the tools needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and moving it from... I'm doing this so people will see, mm, look how beautiful of a savior I am, mm-hmm. to the joy set before me mm-hmm. of the beauty of loving my wife and being loved by my wife. Yeah. If that makes sense for how to love well. What, what to look for, you said? Yeah. So up. just generally, what advice would you give to a young woman listening to this or a mm-hmm. young man listening to this? Uh, to a young man listening to this, I'd say... Fight to kill sin in your life and not have a, not pet sin in your life. Mm. I think um, if the only time you pray about looking at porn or whatever it is for you is after you've done it, Mm -hmm. then you're not really killing it as much as you're like, treating it like a pet like hey no we don't do that Mm -hmm. versus being proactive about i gotta kill this thing yeah um that's what i would say to young men today truly Mm -hmm. like that's not romantic or pretty (laughs) but i think it's probably the most hopeful thing i needed um and not just less like it's pride yeah it's anger Mm -hmm. it's lack of patience it's kill kill all that like dead it now Mm -hmm. uh to a young woman i would say um guard your heart uh a guy is not called to guard your heart for you Mm -hmm. um and we somehow mess that up in church a lot we're like people are dating and they're like my guy's leading me and i'm like he is not responsible for you right now. Yeah. And he's not called to lead you right now. Yeah. Uh, he's pursuing you, which is great. And you can see his leadership by example of how he leads his own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he isn't called to guard your heart. You're called to guard your heart. And it's devastating for me to see young women heartbroken a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, y- you were trusting him to guard your heart. Mm-hmm. And... That is not what the text says. Yeah. It says guard your heart. Yeah. So I'd say that and then stealing it from Stephen Furtick, the goat, the whole don't date potential thing. Yeah. Um, I would have loved if I had actually waited like the Lord said <laughs> and dated Emily when I had gone through all that. Mm-hmm. I think our story would have been a lot more peaceful. I think our marriage would have been... Uh had less tears in it Mm -hmm. i think obviously god's working all things together for his glory and Mm -hmm. our good and that beauty is coming out of this and we are healing and whole and all of that so wouldn't trade the story but it would have been nice (laughs) to have had the story where um instead of us dating each other for like what we saw in each other Mm -hmm. if we waited till not what i see in you but what is coming all out of you hmm. is what i want hmm. so 
Yeah, which sorry ladies, because men mature like way slower than y'all, so yeah. you just have to kind of, kind of hold out. Yeah, <laughs> gotta wait it out. But the wait is worth it, cause then you got you got less things going on. But less things. Camila, that was incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your story and just being a vessel. Naked and unashamed, we out here. Come on, in the streets, <laughs> in, the in the streets. streets. <laughs> we are literally in the city. It's fine. <laughs> it's great. But no, this was great. Thank you. Thanks.